You're now listening to the No GPS After Sunset Podcast. And they don't just show me y'all. When we roll up to the mall, everybody want a mile. We be yawning. For the record, we be falling. No GPS After Sunset is sponsored by the ever-controversial Laundromat Man. Stay tuned. He has a PSA towards the end of the podcast. Ooh. Welcome to the No GPS After Sunset podcast. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night to you all out there in podcast land. Happy, glad, delighted to have you here for the second episode of the No GPS After Sunset podcast series. All right. Today, I'm going to try to explain why we all need to rage out on the world like Draymond Green does. I know you've seen that serious chokehold he put on Rudy Gobert the other night. And it was serious. He got suspended for five games. And this is not a defense of that action, but an explanation why that action is a consequence of other types of things happening. Hmm, let me explain that. Draymond, I think, for me, or for us, is instructive for what is happening in the world with the zeitgeist, with the, with the spirit of our times. We individuals are changing, and it's, it's no wonder, no surprise, that many of us, our personas, are riddled or contain within them constellations of identities within themselves. And this reality... This growing flux in identity is causing great turmoil in cultural, political, and social life. This idea that we can choose our identities is giving people issue, but it's the issue of our times of the 21st century. Really what may be happening is we're becoming more aware of the enormity and the complexity of our minds, of our psyches, of our consciousness. I know all this sounds confusing and uh, I want you to just trust me (laughs) and go down this rabbit hole with me. Someone at the end of this, other than Draymond and me, I think has a great answer for what's happening. And this answer comes from a couple of thousand years ago. I don't know if time's relative, like Einstein said, but it's kind of relative here where we're kind of recircling. You got me going in circles. I want to start this whole thing off with a couple of quotes, right? The first one goes, Infinite players cannot say when their game began, nor do they care. They do not care for the reason that their game is not bounded by time. Indeed, the only purpose of the game is to prevent it from coming to an end. To keep everyone in play. James P. Cars. The second quote. Dig it, F a rap critic. He talks about it while I live it. Method man. So Draymond Green is a fascinating player, but not for the usual reasons people give. Not for his high basketball IQ, his passion that sometimes flares out of control, or his shock value sound bites. His genius flows from the fact that he is playing a different game than everybody else. The game he's playing is an infinite one that is ever-going and ever-changing. Its rules, its logic, and its aims can all change according to the context of play. 
And this at times gets them into trouble. But it is the reason, the great reason, for why he's been so successful. Think about the innovations he's made at the positionless point forward position as a conductor on the floor, a maestro, if you will. Let me explain. So Green, like me, is a player artist commenting and analyzing a game, an art form, that he is at the same time participating in. I call this phenomena meta-stationing. It's when one's view is beyond the boundaries of possibility contained within the activity at hand and is strictly bounded by the horizon the activity creates. So the limitations create the possibilities and the possibilities have limitations which can only make us go deeper inwards in an intensive strike. Okay, so let's get to this. What does this really mean? So this practice, this hermeneutic practice, this circular practice where one is producing the content and also analyzing the content enables Green to have novel insights into the workings at play within play in ways that other NBA players and members of the sports media cannot. This is the third way of knowing that Linda Zagzebski wrote about in her latest book, The Two Greatest Ideas. The big leap in human thought was the idea that we have the ability to understand the world and therefore the universe. This happened a couple thousand years ago. The second big idea, which happened maybe 600, 500, 700 years ago, was that we can understand our own minds. The third big idea that is yet to be truly charted is the idea that we can understand not only our own minds, but that we can understand the minds of others, almost on some Professor Xavier type of stuff. Metastationing is this third way of knowing. It is the ability to stay in zero point mode for sustained periods of time. I'll explain what that means. The ability to go both forward and backwards simultaneously. Green, in his podcast, critiqued traditional sports media, stating, the new media, I think when you look at the game of basketball, what's been lost is, I can turn on a TV and I can learn about the game of basketball. I can get the X and O's and the ins and the outs. The understanding that there's a game within the game. That's what he's bringing, right? He continues, see, most fans don't understand that there are so many little games within the game, and if you don't understand them, you'll miss them. End of quote. Green takes player agency to its Kantian extremes. I'll give you an instant example of, of, of this uh, outside of Draymond himself, but do you remember when Kyrie Irving was uh, conducting practices after the Brooklyn Nets team was having practices with their coach at the time who was Steve Nash, right? He, he took on a player-coach sensibility. This is that spirit of the times, right? Being able to be actively engaged in something and at the same time being able to administer and manage strategies to get the most optimal performance. Now, in the case of I, Kyrie Irving, I don't know if that actually worked. It probably created a bit more antagonism within that organization. And we all know that was a bad situation uh, that he eventually got traded out of. Uh, same thing with Kevin Durant and a uh, one James Harden. So he, like many of us millennials, right? Draymond is a millennial, is part of the do-it-yourself YouTube tutorial generation. 
Self-autonomy and self-tutelage both are cornerstones of his philosophy on life and basketball. With an ethos of self-reliance and all of its Waldo Emerson dimensions of individual expression, one takes full accountability for both life's failures and successes. This makes it easy to continually teach one's own self in a do-it-yourself fashion, especially when attempting to reach self-created standards of excellence. This is the ultimate trust and confidence in one's mental and physical abilities. This ability to teach oneself by oneself as if surrounded by pupils is possible because the world of others without, outside of us, also exists within. And that's going to make sense at the end of this podcast. Thus, Green, as Hans-George Gadamer put it, is always filled with a variety of voices in which the echo of the past is heard. And I would add echoes within the echo chamber of the present as well. And this might be what's driving Draymond so mad. In this way, he's always attempting to, attempting to understand the workings, motivations, and intentions of others. Because as I stated before, as Linda Zagzebski wrote in her book, The Two Greatest Ideas, the third greatest idea is having the ability to not only understand your mind, but the mind of others. Being able to discern and distinguish what your ideas and thoughts are from others is very important here. And I don't think that Draymond has mastered that yet. And I think that that's behind a lot of the turmoil, trauma, and chaos that often surrounds him. Okay? Green insists on playing outside the boundaries of the game he gets paid to play. This flared up out of control when he punched Jordan Poole in a scrimmage during a Golden State Warriors practice in 2022. The punch had the effect of nearly knocking Poole completely out. Many have pointed to off-court issues as the reason why the incident occurred, but I believe other causal forces were at play, namely the fact that Green is playing an altogether different game, an infinite one. In almost the same way that Michael Jordan did. Michael Jordan the other Jordan. <laughs> you remember when Jordan punched a teammate during a practice? I think it was in 1996 or 1997. Well, coincidentally, that player was the current Golden State head coach, Steve Kerr. Nevertheless, in this way, uh, every play that's played is played as if it was the last one, right? Jordan was known to tell rookies on his teams that every play within the game, no matter the quarter or score, was zero, hence zero-point mentality. In a recent off-season practice with other current and aspiring NBA players, Green stays on a similar Jordan-esque zero-point mode of thought. He says, and running hard, a two-minute sprint? Really? You gonna jog? That's bullshit. You don't work hard. And don't tell me it's just the end. Because that's the end of the damn playoffs. Ask them how hard it is to win a championship. Points to Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet of the 2019 world champion Toronto Raptors. The end, he says, is why people lose. It's because they can't get to the end. I watched y'all do this two-minute sprint and maybe ten people took it serious. There's ten people in here. He's using choice language. I'm, I'm, I'm putting in words for the, the MFC's dropping. Nevertheless, right? We understand. Draymond is in a zero-point mentality. He is in the eye of the storm. All right. 
sometimes I have a question in my head when I when I when I listen to Draymond's podcast or I watch him play. I, I think to myself, did he did he read Saint Augustine's Confessions before? <laughs> uh, Saint Augustine was a was a early church founder, a philosopher. Um, some people say Saint Augustine influenced the Christian church more than Jesus Christ himself. Well, I don't even know about all of that, but it's just telling you that this dude's a serious figure coming out of North Africa. Nevertheless, this drive of drive to play a different and more unbounded game that is filled with infinite boundless positions to play from is another reason why Green has been an innovator in the game of basketball proper, as well as in his role as basketball analyst on TNT and on his own Draymond Green Show podcast. CJ McCollum, as well as Andre Ugadala and numerous other players such as Paul George have also entered into this podcasting space. So what Draymond's doing is he, he's providing commentary and analysis from his meta-stationary position, becoming a meta-commentator, which we can define as someone who has both practical and theoretical knowledge on the subject they are engaging. But they do not speak on the subject from the vantage point of hindsight of the past. They speak on the subject matter at the same time they are creating the subject matter, not from a bird's eye view, but from ground zero. There's that number again, zero. Embracing a subjective vertigo that rather than disorient, elucidates. Interesting. We can do this because we're moored by the echoes of the past that are always with us or the echoes of the voices that surround us, that ground us, right? He's not spinning around in circles, right? Situated in the world, but still has a 360 view. My question now, is this the next evolution that all players and artists will undergo in the 21st and possibly 22nd century? Is this way of self-other understanding the model for new human intersubjective relationships of the future? It would be an extreme actualization of the saying, know thyself. The riddle is this. As soon as we know ourselves, we know others. St. Augustine says in his brilliant memoir, Confessions, I cannot totally grasp all that I am. Thus, the mind is not large enough to contain itself. But where can that part of it be which it does not contain? Is it outside of itself and not within? How can it not contain itself? And a quote. That's interesting, right? So think about it. Soul to soul. We resuscitate ourselves collectively back to life. Did you catch what I just said? Maybe you did. If you did, shoot me a line my mind and heart to your mind and heart. I contain a piece of you and myself as you do. We discover ourselves at deeper levels through understanding each other, forever reaching for infinite games that realize our potential. There's so much of ourselves that we don't understand and know. So what St. Augustine is saying here is that the mind is so big that it can't contain itself. So where is it? There must be holes in our minds connected to the minds of other people. In that sense, we can get an aerial view without being in the sky. We can understand things that we haven't experienced, right? If that's an actual possibility. And the flurry of voices 
the many voices in our head in almost a schizoid manner is just us realizing how infinite our potentials are and how much of ourselves we think is fixed that is not really fixed. Walt Whitman said it. We all contain multitudes within ourselves. Peace and love. I hope that this helped. I'll harp on this again and again and again. And this is a, a complex idea or a theory that I'm, I'm trying to put together. And I think that it's going to become more clear as time goes on. And I'm able to elaborate and go deeper into it. And uh, thank you for listening. We're going to get it on. It popped it at no GPS after sunset. Once again, producer man Matt, always around helping out. Love and shout outs to my brother. Uh, shout outs to Mez, shout out to my homie Farisa, shout out to my homie Mahad, shout out to all my people, my families out there. I'm wishing all of you nothing but the best in the 2023. It's not going to be the last podcast episode for 2023, but still, I still want to send out my, my, my love. And yeah, what up to Andrew? What up to Treth West? What up to Leana? What up to Sylvia? Uh, yeah, man, peace and love. Catch you on the other side. Now with a PSA from our neighborhood thug who's been sponsoring us for the last couple of episodes. Like Elon Musk and X, formerly known as Twitter. We're also having some issues with bringing in advertising revenues. But not for the reasons why Musk is having it. Just come on, holla at me, man. I, I can't do these commercials forever. <laughs> Nevertheless, take in what our neighborhood thug has to say. This is a PSA from your neighborhood dope man. It's the laundromat man, bro. You know me, day one, neighborhood guy. Before the dog parks and cafe bistros, I was out here renting out all the storefront space in the hood. Sure, most of the windows were blacked out and the front and back doors were always locked. You know, people aren't trying to eat African food, my government sanctioned business, of course, or fix CD and DVD players, uh, establishment I've had since 2001. And I never had problems. I kept the neighborhood quiet by renting out all the storefronts and keeping the youth them medicated and highly sedated. Sure, you had a shooting here or there, but no place is perfect, you know? <laughs> all of a sudden, some condos and townhouses get built up. And I have all these complaints lodged at me from the Neighborhood Business Improvement Association. Yo, what is that? People talking about some guy named Richard Florida and a creative class and being welcoming. Yo, bun that. What are you talking about? People walking more dogs than carrying babies. The I tell food shop being renamed a vegan shop. Yo, this shit's crazy, man. And this is all making property values go higher. And that's the basis of this freaking PSA. Jeez. Allow me to launder my money in peace, bro. I know this ain't the Cayman Islands, but this is my piece of the rock, and y'all messing it up, so I'm petitioning every neighborhood activist that I shoot away to join me in this fight against the gentrifiers. I know we were on different sides before, but yo, let's unite in a peaceful protest against the yuppies and hipsters, them. Yo, this is crazy. Holla at your boy. <laughs>